Hey, welcome to the Get to Know Nashville podcast. This is episode three. My name is Josh Kennedy, and this week we're talking with RJ Ronquillo. RJ is an insanely talented touring musician who also runs a successful YouTube channel. He shared the stage with people like Stevie Wonder, Brian McKnight, Ricky Martin, Chaka Khan, Thompson Square, and many other world-renowned artists. We had a great time sitting down and chatting with RJ about life as a musician, life on the road, how he got his start, and what he does when he doesn't have a guitar in his hands. If you want to check out the documentary video, head to our website at gtkn.tv, or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Get to Know Nashville. And now, our chat with RJ. start from the top uh when did you start playing guitar and sure what, what made you want to pick it up and uh well, that's a good story i i started playing guitar when i was about nine years old my dad is a a, a musician not by trade but you know as a hobbyist musician so I, we always had uh instruments all over the house and um i got into guitar playing because of the movie back to the future so my first guitar hero was Marty McFly. And it was because of that movie, you know, I got into Chuck Berry. And from Chuck Berry, I got into, you know, Eric Clapton. And from Clapton into Hendrix and Hendrix into Eddie Van Halen. So I kind of started out, you know, enjoying the, the music of the 50s until, you know, present day. So, um, yeah, but my, my dad still plays guitar, um, and, um, we always had the instruments around the house and I would pick up little things here and there. Um, and then I, he bought me this student guitar that had like a little crappy booklet on how to play basic chords. And I, I learned that in like an hour or whatever. I'm like, I want to learn more. So signed me up for guitar lessons at the local music store in Detroit. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And um, just kind of went from there. I fell in love with it, and I wanted to learn more and more. So I asked to take jazz guitar lessons. And from there, I, I decided to go to college for music. So I went to the University of Miami and studied jazz there. Nice. And um, I mean, as soon as I said, I want to get a degree in music, that's kind of when I told myself, well, I'm going to be a professional musician. So, so what age was that where you decided, like, I'm going for Probably, it. well, it would have been my second year of, well, no, my third year of college. I was in the five-year program. <laughs> so the third year of college, I decided I wanted to be a, a performance major because I was studying music engineering at the time, uh, which is, like, recording and, like, all the stuff that was interesting to me but I wanted to be on in the forefront. I wanted to be the player. So I switched my major to performance. And I told my parents, like, uh, I think I'm going to, you know, change my major from, you know, music engineering to jazz performance. And they're like, okay, do what you, do what you think is best. And was there any resistance there? Uh, not too, not too much. My parents were always really. Um, really cool about me being a musician. Um, they were both doctors, so it was hard to tell two doctors that 
hey, I'm not going to go to med school. I'm going to play guitar. But, um, you know, I worked my butt off. And one of the first tours that I did, I remember, I you know, they came out. We were playing, where were we? It was American Airlines Arena in Miami. So a big arena show. And I think that's when they figured it out that like, okay, he's going to be all right. <laughs> do you know, do you remember who the artist was? Yeah, it was uh, with Ricky Martin. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> in Miami, that sounds fitting. Oh yeah, that was a big sold out show. That sounds fun. Um, so going back a little bit, obviously now anyone can learn guitar from YouTube and stuff like that. There's so many resources. That's how I- I, I know, I'm jealous. I just learned from YouTube, which is a good ending yeah. thing. But, yeah. Um, what was it like? I mean, you said you took lessons. Was that hard for you or is that natural for you? I know some people that have taken lessons and they're like, I can't do this. It was, let's see, I'm trying to think of my very first guitar teacher. Did it kind of come natural to you? or? It did. I mean, I was, it wasn't like he would teach me something and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's easy. I can do it. I was actually, you know, it was challenging, you know, starting out, I was nine, 10 years old. So that's what I liked about it. It was, it was challenging. It wasn't easy. So, um, but I think I practiced a lot because I wanted to become a really good guitar player. So I would just sit in my bedroom and just kind of, you know, practice or try to learn songs by ear on my own. What, you know, beyond taking guitar lessons, I would try to develop myself further, you know, on my own time. Um, so... I don't think I was a natural at first, but, you know, after you do that every day, it starts becoming a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember yeah. the initial starting point. Of sure. I mean, like, you know, you're developing your hand strength yeah. and your calluses, so it's totally awkward, you know, depending on, you know, if you have any kind of other musical background with a stringed instrument or whatever. Yeah. But I came from playing piano. Piano was my first instrument. Um, my parents made my sister and I take piano lessons when we were like, when I was six. And um, it was cool. Like, it was nice to learn a musical instrument and hear what you're playing is, you know, an actual melody or, you know, that, that uh, sonic satisfaction. But, you know, as you get older and like MTV was just happening and you see all the videos <laughs> and the cool guys were playing guitars they weren't playing the keyboards and i said i want to play guitar so that's when i switched over cool um i was watching a few of your videos and you mentioned your filipino heritage mm -hmm. um just curious like how many generations back does that go my sister and i are first generation filipino americans so my parents um grew up in the philippines they came over in the 60s um, they, they went to medical school, uh, in the Philippines and in the sixties, they came over because, um, the government at that time, the U S government had allowed or had opened up the doors for immigrants to come over. And the Philippines was a big, uh, uh, big place, uh, that they allowed immigrants over from. So, you know, the, the door was open. So they, they came out, came on in and rushed in and. Um, they met in Michigan, in Detroit, Michigan. That's just where we're born to. 
So they went to the same med school, which I think at the time was really the only med school in Manila. And um, they came over. My dad was living all over the place. He had lived in Arizona and Pennsylvania. I think it was around, yeah, most likely Pittsburgh or suburban Pittsburgh. But um, my mom came right to Detroit. And I remember her telling me that the, the first week she was here, in the States was when the Detroit riots happened, the race riots in Detroit. I forget, 60, early, mid-60s, I forget. But uh, that was her first uh, introduction to America. But, um, yeah, they a friend introduced them. Um, and that's how they met. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so I think, <clears throat> going back to guitar, I think a lot of people, most people, would be interested in how a guitarist makes a living. And I know you have your hands on a lot of different things between sure. touring and sessions and YouTube and gear demos and all that stuff. But uh, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be a professional guitarist in Nashville? And Yeah. Well, I mean, I got started playing pro uh, music professionally right out, out of college. You know, I was living in South Florida and the only thing really to do as a musician was to play in cover bands, wedding bands. So I got into that scene and it was actually a pretty good job, you know. Yeah, you're playing cover music and weddings and but you know, if you do that three or four times a week, it at the time it was paying better than my the day job that I had, which was selling cell phones at the mall. So um I got into I think that was the first time I was considered a professional musician. And um, from there, I, it's just all in, I tell people it's all in who you meet. So I was meeting a ton of people, and um, I had met a couple people uh, that were doing touring gigs, and they had asked me if I wanted to come out on tour. And one of the first gigs I did was with this reggae band, Inner Circle, who's known for uh, the Cops theme song. The bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? And they had a couple other hits too, but um, that was my first real tour where, you know, we were on a bus and flying all over the world and everything. So um, I did that for a couple years and I eventually met other people that had called me to do some other tours, some Latin tours. Um, there was an artist named Soraya from Colombia that I toured with. So this, this is Miami, so the majority of the touring work was uh, Latin artists. Um, and eventually I got to tour with uh, Ricky Martin. Um, and that was amazing. That was like, you know, world tour. My first world tour was, you know, um, countries that I had never been to before. Um, Any highlight moments from that tour? Gosh, <clears throat> yes couple the ones that really the one that really sticks out was we played um at river plate in buenos aires argentina which is the huge soccer stadium there i think that to this day is probably the biggest show i've ever played I, i'm trying to remember how many people were there but it was gosh i don't even want to say fifteen thousand something twenty thousand or something like that it was ridiculous but um that night it was rainy and cold, and it's probably like in the mid 40s or something. It's pretty cold, 
And considering that my wardrobe was essentially like a see-through, see-through button-down shirt opened. So I basically was topless the whole, the whole night. But uh, it's funny, as soon as you walk onto that stage, the adrenaline, you know, it's not like it, it's not like I got warmer. It's just that I didn't care at that point. I was like, the adrenaline rush was like too much. So I'm like, whatever, I'll freeze my butt off and just do this gig. But um, yeah, from, from Miami, I had moved to Los Angeles for a little bit. Uh, did some touring work out there, just like random um, one-off gigs with artists. I got to play with Stevie Wonder and Shaka Khan and some, who else? Brian McKnight, a um, bunch of rock bands. And um, yeah, I was in LA for about six or seven years and um, decided... Uh, it wasn't for me, and uh, my wife and I headed over to Nashville. So what brought you to Nashville specifically? Um, well, there was a get, another touring gig that I got asked to do, and um, I figured, well, I've never done a, a Nashville country gig, touring gig, so something new, let's try it out. And actually, at that time... Um, from L.A., we moved to, to Chicago because we had already made the decision to move to Chicago when I took this touring gig. So for about a year and a half, I was going back and forth between uh, Chicago and Nashville. And my wife and I t decided that, um, you know, I think we better move to Nashville, A, because um, the housing market was going up and uh, we didn't want to miss out. And B, we just kind of fell in love with the city you know we were kind of tired of the the city life of chicago and the you know driving everywhere in la and the traffic although nashville is headed that way but it's still not as bad you know here but um yeah so far we've been here for three years now and we love it so was that the thompson square yeah okay so I started playing with Thompson Square in 2014, um, and I'm still with them. <laughs> That's cool. It's been a great gig, great people, um, great shows, great music. It's fun. It's comfortable. Are they still touring? I feel, have they, they haven't released anything in a while. They, well, they <laughs> just released something uh, in July or June, okay. like right before CMA Fest. And they've been uh, dividing their time between um, acoustic shows, where it's just the two of them, and then full band shows. So it's like half and half now. But it's good for me because um, with all the video YouTube stuff that I do, um, it gives me more time at home to really concentrate on that stuff. Yeah. So it works out for, for me perfectly. Yeah. So let's jump into that while we're talking about Sure. Just, um... So I think early on you were just posting on YouTube just kind of for fun. Yeah. Well, okay. So the very the, the very first YouTube videos that I ever posted were just me jamming um, at my house. It was in still in uh, South Florida at the time, but um, it was just me jamming. 
And I didn't really do anything on YouTube for two or three years after that. And um, why did it start? So there's this uh, guitar company called Eastwood Guitars that I had been interested in buying one of their guitars. So I had emailed uh, Michael, who's the, the president of the company, and I, I said, hey, can I get a discount on this guitar? I'll do a video for you. I'll do a demo video. This was probably back in, gosh, 2009, maybe. I really had no idea what you know YouTube was about to become. So um, I started with one video with them, and it did really well for their company, apparently. And they said, well, why don't we send you a couple more guitars and uh, do some more video demos? So it started very small, you know, a couple of guitars every couple months. And How did you have to send those back? Yes. <laughs> but I had the option of keeping the guitars nice. if I wanted to pay a small fee sure. or, or give up my, <laughs> my payments or whatever. Yeah. But um, it was cool because I got to play all these new instruments that, you know, I've never seen before. And as a guitar player, you know, we love gear, so basically having like Guitar Center at your house for like a couple weeks. Um, that was probably exciting. Just like, I mean, from going from like going to college and learning, you know, just expanding yeah. on that, and then you probably never imagined that you would. Get I, if you would have told me, let's see, around that time, I would have never thought that YouTube was going to be anything that I would be doing more than just like posting a couple of videos as a, you know, as a hobby or just trying to get some stuff out there. But, you know, it's developed into such a big business for a lot of people now that really it's not, um, it's not strange to see someone doing it full time and um, that's all they do. And they're doing really good at it and making a great living out of doing it. But, um, yeah, it's just strange how, you know, the music business is always changing. Technology, the tech business is always changing. And there's always going to be new um, business avenues popping up, you know. Some of the most random, random stuff, you know. You go on YouTube and, like, there's a there's a guy that's making millions of dollars from posting videos of him eating spicy ramen or something ridiculous, you know? So if you would have told me, you know, 10 years ago that you could be a millionaire by doing something like that, I thought you were crazy, you know? Yeah. So I want to go back a little bit to where you're talking about touring with Ricky Martin and just some of those first tours. Um, Can you talk a little bit about just the emotions during that time you know what was it like walking out on stage every night to a huge arena and just the fact that like i mean i'm sure you knew who ricky martin was sure started touring with i'm just like looking over some nights like holy crap that's ricky it was it was can you talk a little bit about that it was basically every night i was every night i was nervous every night i was in awe of you know my surroundings of like oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this it never got old you know, and that was like a year-long tour. But 
I had, so the first time I had played with Ricky Martin, we had um, filmed a MTV Unplugged, which was, um, MTV Latin was filming a, uh, MTV Unplugged series with a diff some different artists and uh, so I got to do one with Ricky and that kind of developed into the tour um, which was not an unplugged tour it was a full full production crazy staging um, and we rehearsed about a month and the tour was about eight or nine months long but um, just the feeling of the first show, the first couple shows were, were in in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And he's Puerto Rican, so you know those shows were all going to be sold out. I think it was two or three shows to start out with. Um, it's the first time I ever played an arena. And just, you know, the the anticipation of, you know, when the intro music starts rolling and you're standing backstage ready to go out and the first time you go out all you hear is a wall of screaming even we have you know the in-ear monitors which are supposed to block out everything that's outside and we we we're only supposed to hear the the instruments all i could hear was screaming for like the first 2 minutes of the show it was ridiculous but it's hard to describe the the energy that you feel from the crowd, that many people. Um, it You absorb that energy. For, I don't know how it works, but you get a rush from that. Like when, a lot, when, when uh, musicians and artists talk about the rush they get from playing live, that was like a hundred times than what I ever experienced before. So now I get why so many artists love to play live in front of crowds like that is because you really do get like high from that energy from the crowd. So that was basically, you know, all year long for me. So I was, I was born out towards the end, you know, but um, it was awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, so I stumbled over, I forget where I saw this when I was doing some homework on you. Uh-oh. And the name Tom Green popped up. Oh, no! <laughs> Did you Did see you it? Did you watch Tom? it? No. Okay. I just saw Good. I think it's, there's video of it floating around the web somewhere. I don't know. Um, I was a huge I was, Tom Green fan. Oh, me to too. <laughs> okay, so I was living in L.A. Um, and randomly, a friend of mine had called me last minute say hey do you want to go to tom green's house and and play some songs I'm like what's going on because i had you know at the time i didn't know what happened to tom green you know he had his show on mtv and then he did some movies and then he wasn't you know out there but apparently um this was around 2009 2010 he was uh filming a web series this was before youtube was getting big so he had his own web show streaming off of his his own personal website and he had asked my friend if he could get a bunch of musicians together as like a mock house you know as a house band because he he didn't have one so um 
there was no promise of getting paid. It was more about like, eh, we'll have fun. We'll give you food. We'll give you beer. So I go over to his house. He lived in somewhere in the valley. And um, his, his living room was literally like a TV studio. They had rigging of all these lights and monitors like in his kitchen and his living room. And it was set up like a, a talk show. And I was like, wow, this is very impressive. So we set up like in the sorry, set up in the corner of his living room and um really friendly guy, you know, he's like we got all these snacks, we got all this food, help yourself, blah blah blah. Um and then his guests start showing up. And one of his guests was Cato Kalin, with you know from the the OJ trial from long ago. Um apparently they're really good friends. So he was one of the guests. There was another um forget his name there's a comedian another comedian that was there that was also a guest and it was just a totally random free-for-all you know it's the internet it's the the early days of the the wild wild west of the of streaming video of of uh and tom green and tom green <laughs> and he wasn't as crazy as he was back in the mtv days but he was super cool, and I think, you know, we played some random intro and outro music, and there's a jam at the end where we're playing um, Rapper's Delight, Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, and, like, him and the comedian and Kato Kalen are all rapping, <laughs> and it's just, it's just the, the funniest, most random thing that I've ever done. And after the taping, we, we all headed to um, a comedy club uh, on Melrose. I forget which one it was. But um, Dane Cook, who's another big comedian, was doing just like a, a random set there. So I'm hanging out at a comedy club with Cato Kalin, Tom Green, and Dane Cook, and one of the guys from Super Troopers, which is like one of my favorite movies. And this is like the most surreal thing. Why, like, this is crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's my Tom Green story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked. <laughs> I'll find, I'll see if I can find, I probably have the video. Yeah. I gotta Google myself. <laughs> um, so we didn't even get into like session work at all. Is that something you're still doing? Not so much now. And, and like, there was a period when I was living in South Florida where all I was doing was session work. And that was, a, you know, a couple years worth. But after that, I wasn't really doing much session work. So what's your, out of all the different things that you have your hands in, um, what do you enjoy the most? Or do you feel like it's a good yin and yang? It's a good, it's a pretty good mix right now. Um, right now it's, it's my, my time is mostly spent with touring and then the YouTube uh, videos I think eventually I'd like to get off the road and just concentrate on the the YouTube stuff just because you know I like to stay home and if I can avoid uh, 5 a.m. flights and all that stuff I, I, I'd like to <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty comfortable right now so Tori I watched your video of what it's like to be on the road yes kind of behind the scenes of touring and stuff it was a little surprising how much downtime you have. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I'm sure a lot of people think it's super glamorous all the time. Well, okay. Give so, us a, give us a reality check of what touring is really like. So, the Nashville touring 
business is a very specific business compared to like the Latin tours I did or any pop tours. Um, it feels like a day job, like a regular day job. You know, um, you, you hop, usually hop on a bus on a Thursday and tour until Sunday or Monday and you're home for a couple of days and you, you do that every week, every week. So it's like clocking in, clocking out. But, um, you know, it is a lot of uh, waiting around. To I tell people that we get paid to wait around, sleep in buses, jump on planes, and uh, we play for free. You know, that's the fun part. But um, you get used to it. You get used to sleeping on the bus. In fact, I sleep better on a bus than I do in my own bed at home. So I've gotten used to that that feeling. But <laughs> it is. It's calming, you know. Just the, the 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 rumble of the road, the buzz of, you know, the road. But um, you really have to enjoy being around people. Because, especially on a bus, it's very close quarters. And if you're on a bus trip for 10 hours... You know, there's no place to hide. Well, there is a place to hide. It's called your bunk. You close the curtain <laughs> and it's your own little world. Put on some headphones. You don't really have to talk to anybody. But um, yeah, it's you get into the 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 momentum of it and it's it's pretty comfortable. You know, you wake up. You, you, most, pe- most people on the road have their daily way of doing things you know you get up at a certain time eat your breakfast work out whatever we always have a setup and sound check almost at the same time every day the shows are usually around the same time every day so you get it dialed in and it's it's pretty comfortable and you know i don't i have fun on the road but i don't party like i did when i was you know in my 20s so I'm like the first one in in my bunk every night. <laughs> so, there's no crazy sex, drugs and rock and roll on the road. It's like, you know, eating healthy, <laughs> make sure you're hydrated and getting to bed at a decent time cuz you got to do it all over again the next day. <laughs> I know it's not as cool. <laughs> it's not as cool as people think. Yeah. And that's kind of what I assumed but yeah <laughs> so do you still get energy from playing in the shows and absolutely so with all the waiting around I'm sure that gets that's the energy. best part is is being on stage and playing there's been times where i was either sick or you know just tired and as soon as we start the first song like kind of like the uh stadium show i was talking about that adrenaline rush and that energy from the crowd it kind of just like boosts you up and then you're still kind of, you know, flying high after the show. So you're, you know, there's something about playing live that um, ther- it's therapeutic. That's why I'm afraid to stop touring because I'll be like, oh, I need my fix. So can I get you real quickly, just so we have it on tape, can you just talk about, just rat- start rattling off some of the artists you've toured with, just so I've toured with, and then you can just rattle off. Okay. Uh, so some of the artists I've played with, 
uh, Ricky Martin. <laughs> I'm trying to like thinking of think of an order. Okay, so yeah, uh, hmm. So some of the artists that I've played with: uh, Ricky Martin, Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan, Brian McKnight, Thompson Square, Judith Hill. Oh, Stone Sour. Um, I gotta think on. I think that's all the good stuff. Can I look on my website? <laughs> Can look on my, let me look on my website real quick because I know I'm missing something cool. Uh, Smokey Robinson. That's it. <laughs> Stone Sour. Did I say Stone Sour? You did, yeah. That's an impressive resume. That was a fun one. Yeah, what was that like? So they had... Um, I was filling in for uh, the, one of the guitar players and... Um, it was literally a last-minute call, and there was two of us that actually filled in. So the the first sub could only sub until a certain period of time because he had to go on the road with his group. So I came in after him, and it's like a tag team, and uh, finished the rest of that tour out. That's cool. But it was it's awesome. A little different than Ricky Martin. Yeah, like I'm. If you've seen my videos, you know I'm a closet rocker and metalhead. So that was like. Extremely exciting to be doing those shows. Yeah. And they're great guys. Yeah. How quickly do you have to pick up on like their set list? And... Well, I got lucky because I had about a week, maybe a week and a half to go over it. But the guy before me had 24 hours. He literally got a call. I mean, less than 24 hours because he got the call maybe like in an afternoon and... He had to pack and do whatever and left the next morning so to play a show that night. So he's he's the real hero. How's that even possible? How do you have that experience? No, thank God. I don't know what I would have done. I would have not slept. (laughs) Something like that, or just not sleep sleep through the whole night and just kind of you know, stay awake. Just woodshed all night. (laughs) It's just memorizing the songs because you can't read a chart you can't have sheet music on stage with those guys so yeah so i'm a big fan of your your solo album that you put out thank you um my daughter and i love to dance around the living room yeah she's three let me get you some vinyl records i got a bunch i'll buy you one i'll buy man see all these boxes they're filled with i'll give you something for one no take it Uh, i got plenty i was gonna ask you about that anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I, I'll give you as many as you want. Um, can you talk about the inspiration behind that album? Because it's very specific in nature. As yeah. I, I love that. It's totally like the stuff I enjoy listening to. So I was stoked when I found it. Can you just talk about the inspiration behind that? And is there any other projects in the world? Sure. So the inspiration behind uh, my RJ and the Del Guapas project was I was living in Southern California and... Um, some of my friends had gotten me into that whole, there's like a big rockabilly scene. There's a big, um, West coast blues scene and like vintage rock and roll. And I had always, you know, obviously Chuck Berry was one of my first heroes and I had always been a fan of that fifties rock and roll rhythm and blues sound, you know, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, all those guys. And... I had just, you know, met 
some friends that were into that music too and I just decided to to start writing songs in that vein not you know not for anything serious but just as you know to have fun and uh, we recorded it uh, at a friend's studio you know straight to tape like with vintage microphones and the whole deal and so you did it live yeah we did it all live i think i had overdubbed some guitar solos and some vocals but um yeah i i said i only wanted to put it out on vinyl record because that's the way you know it's best heard um so put out the record and i'm still selling copies now and then um i did a couple live shows uh, in la and then i had started a uh, a faction in Chicago when I was living there, and then I did a couple shows there. But uh, I don't know if there's going to be a part two just yet. But uh, people have been asking me to uh, do another one, so maybe I will. Well, I'm waiting on it. So. Okay. <laughs> that means I feel like I need to put, play some shows first, though. I need to put a, a Nashville band together. That'd be fun. It's a fun album. It's just fun to listen yeah. to. Yeah. That's the whole. That was my goal: was yeah. to make a something just fun. So back to Nashville a little bit, um, just because this is get to know Nashville. So work brought you here. Um, what are some of the things that, since you've been here, that have made you stay and just enjoy the city? And um, can you talk about the creative community in Nashville? Sure. Kinds of music and just what inspiration you found. Yeah. Here well, one of the things that I fell in love with about Nashville was was the music community here you know um, when I first started coming here for for my touring gig I met a lot of great musicians and you know one of the first things I noticed about it about the whole scene was everyone was super friendly and super welcoming you know they weren't like you know shunning you the outsider you know coming to our uh, community, you know, musical community. Um, everyone's been super cool, and I've met so many great people, not just in, you know, the the country music field, but in all types of genres. Um, musicians, engineers, label people, radio people, and um, everyone's been very warm. Um, but some of the uh, things that I like about the city itself is. Um, you know, outside of this, a little bit outside of the city, you have beautiful countryside, and um, you can, especially from here where I live, in five minutes I can be on a a two lane country road, and I ride motorcycles, so that's like a big, you know, plus for me is being able to get on a, a two lane road with nobody on it and just go, you know. So I've grown to like that t sort of, I wouldn't say solitude, but it's a quieter pace than where I had lived in my younger years, you know. Um, so I think Nashville was the, you know, the perfect place to move at the time that I wanted to move there, you know. It's just perfect timing. My... Um, I was into um, the the busy lifestyle of Los Angeles when I was young and wanted that lifestyle. But now that I've gotten older and wiser, I hope, 
um, Nashville seems just the perfect fit. I hear that a lot. I feel like it's connecting with a lot of people. It is. It's like, well, yeah, because it's it's funny because I know a lot of people that have recently moved to Los Angeles. And I totally get it because, like, you kind of just have to experience it, you know, just so you know what it's like. But for me, you know, I know a lot of people that moved from L.A. to here because they were, like me, tired of that scene and that whole uh, hectic energy and come to Nashville and it's like a lot more chill but so far I mean I, I've definitely seen it change in the past four or five years since I've been coming down here but um, it's hasn't become like scary like LA like oh my gosh that's turning into LA or New York not just yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Working on it. You can always move, you know, to the more suburban countryside areas. So We're in Spring Hill. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're totally in the suburbs. But, um, so, as I mentioned on the phone, it's not all gravy getting where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any specific times where it where I almost quit? felt challenging, where you almost quit and said, Oh yeah. Getting a nine to five job. (laughs) It's funny. Okay. So the, the period between when I had graduated from college and when I started becoming a professional musician, there was a period of, of time where, you know, here I am with this degree in music and I'm not working and I was freaking out. So I was basically on the brink of just giving up music and I had gotten into cooking. This was, you know, 2000, 2001. I was a lot, I was watching the Food Network a lot and I had applied to culinary school in New York and got accepted, filled out the application. I was ready to start that fall and Soon as I did that, I I got a call to do um, some gigs, which were like you know the club date, wedding band, cover band stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll stick around. So there's been a couple times where, um, I've, you know, I was unhappy with where I was in my career, music career that I had almost given up and done something else or moved to like another location and something always pulled me back in, whether it was a phone call to do a tour or um, some other project. It just kind of like the universe pulled me back in like, no, you're supposed to be a a musician. So I'm like, all right. It's meant to be. Yeah, it's totally meant to be. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) It's close to being a chef. I know. (laughs) Now I don't cook anymore. I just see it out. Maybe we'd be interviewing a chef and <laughs> cool man um i always like to have some sort of um closing statement as well um you know a lot of people who are watching this are i feel like nashville is one of those cities where people come here to pursue a dream yeah so i'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to just you know pursuing dreams and if there's anything that you would say to those people whether it's you know as a guitar player or whatever uh, a chef yeah <laughs> Um, any closing statement? Well, I think there's there's just so many opportunities here in Nashville that whether you're in the music business or, you know, 
if you're an artist or if you're, you know, a chef or something, there's so many opportunities here. There's so many people here that are um, open to, to all kinds of things. It's a, such a, uh, it's growing so fast, you know, Nashville is, is growing into this huge um, city and there's a lot of people that are just excited about, you know, starting up things and, and doing things. Um, so I think it's a great place to, to come and, and do what you want to do. Is there anything from your journey, um, looking back, um, that you've, had, you've been talking about or reflecting on a little bit, is there anything from your journey that you would just want to encourage others about? I mean, um, I don't know, but I, I, I never mentioned that I had almost moved here, uh, right out of college. So I came to Nashville in 1999, um, for spring break by myself. Cause I wanted to check it out. Cause I thought I was going to come here and become big studio musician guy. And I came here and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know where anything was. I basically just hung around Music Row the whole time I was here. And um, it's funny, I went to the music store. I went to Corner Music to because uh, I wanted to buy an acoustic guitar because they had great acoustic guitars here. So I went there and I walk in and there's literally five guys that look like doctors or lawyers playing guitar better than me, <laughs> playing like Chet Atkins. I'm like, I'm not moving here. <laughs> I was so scared to move to Nashville because... Um, there were so many good guitar players here. So it took me about 15 or 16 years to make it here, but it took me 15 or 16 years to gather the courage to, to come to, to Nashville just because um, I was so intimidated by the amount of talent, especially guitar players here. It's a guitar playing city. Yeah, absolutely. So That's a great sound. I appreciate you I totally forgot about that. That's a big... Bought, you should have bought a house in 99. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like... So I was staying in Music Row. I think it's still there. It's like a comfort inequality. And, and like that whole area around there where it's... I think it's... Um, I guess it is still Music Row. But all that stuff wasn't built up yet. So it wasn't a really good place to go. I, I mean, a lot of like the gulch and all that stuff yeah, is just... Town, all those places. Yeah. And I never made it to Broadway. I was like, I don't want to go there. There's nothing there, you know. So um, I didn't really see much that that trip. Cool. Oh, I hope I made sense. Thanks so much for checking out Get to Know Nashville. For more great content like this, visit gtkn.tv. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Get to Know Nashville.